That's right. It's time for the Weekly Review, a podcast for people who want to do a better job of organizing their lives. Whether you are new to task management or you've fallen off the wagon several times, maybe thousands, uh, this podcast is for you. So if you haven't done your weekly review um, yet, I was going to say lately. Lately. That's also true. Yeah, if you haven't done your weekly review this week or this year, hopefully this podcast will inspire you to do so when you finish listening. I'm Jean McDonald, and I am here with my very good friend and co-host, James Dempsey. James, how are you doing today, and have you done your weekly review? Jean, I am doing pretty well today, and I, yes, I have done my weekly review Woo! I looked through all of my active projects and <laughs> didn't get much done on any of them, but boy, <laughs> did I review the heck out of them. Yes. Well, review is review. It's not exactly. the weekly do. The weekly do thing comes later. That's a different segment on this podcast. Um, and in my case, I did the meow. So, yay me. Congratulations. Thank you. It was good to do it. And I I was definitely in that frame of mind today where there were like five plates spinning in my life. And it, I could have gone all day without getting up from my computer desk. And I thought, this is exactly a good time to do the meow. <laughs> because when you think you don't have time, take the time and then you'll probably feel better. And I do. So that was a good thing. And I do want to give a shout out to a couple of people on Microdot blog, because one of the steps of the meow, and if you're new to this podcast, um, well, I have some news for you <laughs> uh, about uh, uh, its eventual end. But if you're new to this podcast, um, I last year decided to try to create my own system and, you know, just work on what works for me. And instead of trying to follow a specific, you know, other person's system, and um, it's called the Meow, my excellent or evolving organizational workflow. And one of the important steps in the Meow is to go through the inbox of drafts, the app drafts, where it's a place, it is my junk drawer of text. And today I thought it would be a lot easier to go through this inbox and do something, you know, meaningful with it if I didn't have 1,500 drafts in here. (laughs) I'm clearly not going to look at all of them. And I just have never had a system of archiving. I've never treated... I've treated the drafts inbox like a junk drawer instead of a real inbox. And so anyway, I decided to try to, I thought there must be a way to move everything or most everything into the archive tab, because that's what I want to do now is just when I do a meow, I will um, file away, you know, archive some of these drafts that I don't need at my fingertips and not let it get up to 1500 again. So, but I could not figure it out for the life of me. (laughs) Um, I I was thinking this shouldn't be that hard, but yet um, I couldn't, I I did have um, trouble finding a thing that 
said, here's how you move, you know, something from multiple things into the archive. And um, I mean, I would go on a rant right now about documentation and, and how search is so terrible uh, to find an answer to a specific question, but I'm going to re- refrain and just say, I finally decided to ask on micro.blog because I know there's a lot of drafts users there. And I did. And Mike uh, said, who is PDX MPH, said, do you have a Mac? And I'm like, yeah, I do have a Mac. I've been trying to do it on my iPad because that's where I usually do a meow. It's not on my computer, but on one of my mobile devices. And I thought, oh, yeah, I could have walked over to the Mac. It probably is more straightforward. So, and he just basically said the what you would think, you know, command A, all your drafts, and then right click and choose move to archive. So, simple. And then uh, <laughs> another person came back and said, uh, who's a human name I don't know, but his microdot blog name is Humdrum. And he said, well, for future reference on iOS, and then there's like, you know, steps to do it on iOS. So it's actually doable. But thank you, micro.blog people for answering my question when I finally kind of gave up. But but I'm excited about that because it's just a nice feeling to every time I look at, you know, the steps of the meow, I think, oh, this step could be a little better if you make it, you know, if you set yourself up properly. <laughs> and when it says... I mean, the, the um, now I'm looking for the actual wording of the meow, which is kind of funny because it's not a book. It's just what I wrote. I should be able to say. But I think what it says is, um, um, you know, review the inbox in drafts. So review it. And um, no matter how I wrote it, what it means is it would be a lot easier to review it if there there wasn't everything from the beginning of time in there. So it's a different inbox basically. So clearing mm-hmm. it out of the inbox is again, one of the reasons you try to get inbox zero is once you've processed something, you don't want to look at it again. So that makes, it makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of me was like, Oh no, no, don't try to get to inbox zero. <laughs> That's that way lies madness. Um, but I, you know, I just knew like, uh, usually what I, when I'm going back to drafts, I either have like a few, you know, most recent ones are sorted chronologically that I'm working on. And if I need something, I search. But this time, you know, I thought mm, you might be more motivated to really do this step correctly if you use the inbox as it's intended. So. As it, so we'll see. Yes. <laughs> it could be the beginning of the end of the meow. So. <laughs> but, but we may never find out. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> um, we might have to do like a, a the occasional check-in episode just to see. Yeah. Um, but yes, so you did a meow. That's <laughs> I did a meow, yes. The upshot of all that is I did a meow. And uh, now we're at the point of the show where we – Look at our weekly to-do. 
The weekly to do, yeah, the weekly to do. Gene and James are working through the weekly to do. Well, <laughs> James, what was your weekly to do and how did it go? What was my weekly to do? Do you remember oh. what it was? What was- <laughs> I I have one word on that I noted from our last show, bookkeeping. Oh, yeah, I didn't get that done. Um, <laughs> okay. It was bookkeeping because I needed to see if I get my bookkeeping done so I could figure out what my uh, uh, estimated tax was going to be. But it mm. turns out because of all of the the uh, the weather in California, mm-hmm. uh, it turned my accountant let me know that the IRS has def- let us defer that until I think May fifteenth for certain counties in California um, wow. because of all the power outages and flooding and and what have you. Um, so it turned out that I could therefore defer doing the unpleasant task of my bookkeeping uh, from this week, which I did. Um, but I did do a fair amount more of the decluttering and organizing that I was have been in the process of doing. So it was uh, it, it it worked out so that I was able to get a number of things done. They just weren't the things I had originally planned to get done. So it was good for you. So that's good. Um, and. How about your weekly to-do? Well, my weekly to-do was also accounting-related. I said I was going to crunch the numbers from all the things that I had downloaded for my previous weekly to-do, but I did not. So um, so I didn't do it. And I have done a lot of other things. <laughs> Too many to mention, but I, uh, that is a thing I did not do. Oh, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. There's only so much time, and there's an infinite number of tasks. Wouldn't you agree, James? <laughs> I would agree. There. Well, we, exactly. There's, uh, there is a limited amount of time and only so many hours in a day, or weeks in a life. Yes, good segue, Pat, patting us both on the back for uh, this week's topic, which um, has been on my agenda for a while since I read the book, and that is Oliver Berkman's book, uh, 4,000 Weeks, which I'm sure quite a few of our listeners have read already and uh, have um opinions about and uh, have probably heard other people talk about it, but I want to talk about it because it really, really made a big impact on me. Uh, I read it last year. I can't remember exactly when. It was like late summer or early fall, and I was really glad I read it because I feel like there was a lot of Things that I didn't realize I was thinking <laughs> until I read somebody else ex- express them. So, uh, so yeah, I thought uh, I would just 
chat about it. I know you haven't had a chance to read it, um, but uh, I know you're familiar with the premise. I've read a couple of summaries, and um, the the for some reason the Apple Book Online Bookstore kept thinking I was in that it was showing me the Canadian bookstore, even though and wouldn't let me change it. So I've tried buying the book multiple <laughs> times. And then today, like 10 minutes before we started recording, it let me buy it. So I've scanned mm-hmm. a couple of sections. I've read uh, I've read some summaries. So, yeah, we can definitely chat about it. Yeah. It's, I mean, there's a lot. I, I highly recommend reading it because, first of all, it's so nicely written. And uh, I, you know... What found myself taking little notes the whole time I was reading it. Um, and I am a skimmer when it comes to books that I think are like have one thing to say <laughs> and I think I know what it is. And then I, I skim and this book I read, um, from cover to cover, uh, on the Kindle. And no, no, I take it back. I listened to the audiobook. It was a good audiobook. Um, if anybody's wondering, he has a very nice reading style and voice. And, um, so if that's your jam, audiobooks, I highly recommend it. Um, and I, yeah, I think that one of the things for me that sort of parallels like some of the evolution of my attitude towards getting things done is that when the book came out and all of the guys, you know, the people, let's say, but it was mostly guys, were talking about reading it, I thought, oh dear, here's the latest catnip for the productivity set, you know, of which I include us. Um, But I am also feeling like, how much more catnip can we take? Right, right. (laughs) And so I avoided reading it. I just, and then I don't know what made me decide to to finally just pick it up. I I really think I said, okay, with audiobooks, I'll listen to anything for like 10 minutes at least and say, you know, okay, I'm going to finish it or not. And I, I realized, you know, in the beginning of this book that this was not what I thought it was going to be. I think because the subtitle is Time Management for Mortals. So I thought, oh, it's going to be some time management-y like, um, uh, system, some trick or hack, uh, a way to, to do more things in the same amount of time, which I'm heavily not interested in. And so it's not that. <laughs> I say, actually, according to, I'm looking at the Amazon listing, the um, book was published by my former employer, <laughs> Ferrer, Strauss, and Giroux. I didn't realize that. You, sometimes, you don't really pick that up necessarily when you're reading the, an audiobook, um, because the audiobook comes from an audiobook publisher. But Ferrer Strauss is top notch publishing house, very high quality fiction and nonfiction. And I just want to say, if any of my old Ferris Strauss friends are listening, you should have given it a different subtitle. It doesn't do the book justice, time management for mortals. So with that rant out of the way, essentially, the 
the premise of the book is just stop <laughs> trying to figure out an, a way to do all the things you, you need to do because you will never f- do them all. There is no way to do that. And the, uh, the reason is there's, I mean, the title of the book refers to the number of weeks in an average lifespan, 4,000. Um, you only have 4,000 weeks and you probably have 400,000 tasks you would like to get done. Well, and I'd like to just tweak. It's not so much, at least for my scanning, it's, it's not to worry about the things you, it's not about the things you need to do. It's about all the things you think you need to do. Right. And that well, yeah. most of them you don't need to do. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, um, but I could yeah, be so, wrong. No, no, you are right. I, 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 I literally, as I was saying it, I said, oh, I'm going to refine that because it's not that, you know, the things you need to do, but the, you, the attitude adjustment has to come on both ends. Like, one, you don't have enough time, and two, you don't really have to do all those things. That's right. <laughs> uh, but you were thinking, you great minds think alike, James, and you picked up on that point. Um, so, and, you know, one of the things that I would say you know, as an outcome of me reading this book is me thinking about how much time do I want to spend podcasting about productivity? (laughs) Um, And so listeners, if you're really sad that the podcast is ending after next week's episode, send your letters to Oliver Berkman because he gave me the idea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I have limited time. James has limited time. We have put a lot of time into this podcast very, you know, fruitfully and and, um, very happily. But I, you know, there are other things I'm interested in doing that are new. And in order to do a new thing, I can't just uh, productivity my way into extra two hours a week or whatever. Absolutely. Um, Yes, there's, and I, at least for me, I don't think I've ever come to productivity from the perspective, like in reading a, a lot of the stuff in the in the summaries that I've read, it all makes a lot of sense. And I don't think I've ever come to productivity from the notes, or at least not recently, maybe a long time ago. I've never really come mm-hmm. at it thinking that I'm, oh, I'm going to get an infinite number of things done and then I will have, like, I'll get to action item zero as opposed to inbox zero. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's real, for me, it's always been more about, I want to feel more comfortable that the stuff that absolutely has to get done is getting done. And that, you know, yeah. I don't get hit with, you know, that late fee that, you know, okay, I could have done something, gone out to dinner and bought dinner for a friend instead of paying some bank a late fee because I screwed up and didn't send something in on time. It it resonated with me also. And for me, kind of even the getting things done, it was 
it never quite felt like it was about getting more done. It was mm -hmm. just feeling more comfortable with what I was getting done was the right stuff as opposed mm -hmm. to, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, now I can do an infinite number of things. <laughs> right. I think one of the challenges for me, and I think for you too, is that we both resist getting everything out of our heads. Um, we get a lot out of our heads, you more than me, I would say, but we still like, you know, certain things. We want them in, in uh, RAM. Yes. <laughs> we want them ready, ready to access randomly as opposed to being built into our system where we have to go find them and there's a little friction. So, um, and, and I point to that as that, that is one of the areas where I felt like I was failing, you know, in GTD that I just couldn't let go of that last, not even last, you know, the, that chunk of stuff that just, I couldn't, I just didn't want to write it down for some reason. And I appreciate, you know, the efficacy of having everything in one place, not in your, not on your mind. I mean, that's what sold me on David Allen to begin with, you know, just starting with like the basic example, which is in the book. I think it's in the book. I definitely heard, I've heard Merlin Mann talk about this 15 years ago saying, you know how when you have an important presentation at work the next day and you, you can't forget your, your briefcase with the presentation or whatever, you put the briefcase by the door so you don't forget to take it to work. That's like, you know, the equivalent of putting, you don't rely on your brain to remember that you have to bring the briefcase, even though it seems like not a hard thing to remember, but Right. Uh, pu putting it there means you won't forget no matter what. Um, so I have a hard time putting all my briefcases by the door. I still like them <laughs> to be yes. in their regular mm -hmm. places and which is in my head. And then, um, and when I, but when I do know something is must, uh, must do, I will do something like that and put it say a post-it on the door or a reminder in do or something like that. But and yeah, I never got that, that cleared out mind feeling. And I, I and I'm just decided I want to be okay with that uh, instead of being down on myself for not being able to implement this wonderful system. Absolutely. And I, um, it's also the case in a trusted system because you put everything in there that it's, that's a little bit like putting like 7,000 briefcases at your door, <laughs> right? So at, at that point, you're not going to, like, you'll, you might not, you might just take the wrong briefcase. Um, just because, so, I mean, I think it's, it, it ends up being, for me, it's more of a, a place to go. It's, it's with your RAM example of keeping stuff in your head. It's, it's the stuff on the, on the hard drive or the SSD that you go mm -hmm. and read what you need into RAM, but you know, you can put it there so you don't need it all in RAM all the time. But yeah, the stuff that you're currently working on is, is in, is in RAM. Um, mm -hmm. 
the other thing about 4,000 weeks it that resonated with me is this idea of limited time is that often in productivity, you know, people would, you know, you'd be making plans on calendars and what have you. Mm-hmm. And for me, I know if I think of everything really that I'd like to do, all the books I'd like to read, all the everythings, and then if you plot it all out on a calendar, you know at a certain point you're you're dead, right? And, and <laughs> right. I've thought this for like, and I've had this notion for like a long time, um, and so I kind of hate long term planning because. I know if you really say, well, this is if you realistically look at all the stuff you really want to do, and then, and it to me, it's almost like maybe I should just go through life, and then when it's at the end, you're like, well, it's the end. I guess I didn't do the other stuff, um, <laughs> because I know, um, I know the uh, um, in the book it talks about you know picking those things that you really want to do or that are really important to you. Um, mm-hmm. But what I find in in my life is that I have such a wide variety of interests mm-hmm. that it's – and they're all kind of – you know, they're all about even. Like there isn't one thing that's like this is the – there's a lot of stuff I know that I don't want to do, right? Um, yeah. Like, like I know you love learning foreign languages or other languages. Mm-hmm. They're not, mm-hmm. they're not foreign. They're just other. Um, <laughs> and I just have never had much of an affinity for learning other languages. So occasionally I'll be like, oh, I should pick up a language. You're not going to pick up another language, James. You're, you're, you know, you've been on, <laughs> you, you've never really enjoyed doing that. You've not done it to date. You're not going to pick up another language. And there's probably other stuff you're more interested in doing. But among the other stuff, it's all kind of even, so it's almost like whatever the world throws at me. Like, if there's an opportunity to do X, I'll do X. Um, and maybe I'll poke around for opportunities, but whichever one pops up is probably the one I'm going to take. Um, but again, that does mean that somewhere at the end of this calendar, <laughs> this not non-infinite calendar, it'll be like, well, and that's the end of that. <laughs> We got this far, and there you go. Um, and it's always kind of depressing to think about, so I don't like to think about it. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like the the not thinking about it is my inclination as well, but it doesn't doesn't solve the the conundrum of wanting to do more stuff than you have time for. And I would like you know, to be able to say at that point on that mystery calendar date, should I be in a position to think about it, to say, well, I did focus on some important things. Not all, I didn't get everything done or try everything or, you know, take care of everyone the way I want it. But I didn't spend the whole, you know, however many weeks I have left, um, crunching spreadsheets and <laughs> uh, writing, you know, help documentation and I don't know what. I, I'm afraid I'm going to spend it on hold. That feels like what life is about now um, well, with trying to make appointments for things. But <laughs> on hold and cutting up cardboard boxes for recycling. Yes, pretty much. Right. <laughs> um, as 
Um, but on the other hand, I'm, I'm incredibly gl- gra- glad people do spend time writing help documentation because um, mm-hmm. it's very ha- it's very handy <laughs> to find out stuff when you have questions. Um, but yeah, it it has to match up what is important to you as a person. Um, mm-hmm. And um, like for fun, <laughs> I I make spreadsheets. <laughs> So yeah. <laughs> that's, there you go. Um, yeah. I like doing spreadsheets too. I have to admit. And I also want to say like, just the help documents, I was really just like casting around for what is, what is a representative thing that is kind of like the drudgery of work. And it's not that I don't like help writing help documents. It's just like, if I wanted to, I could do, do that, you know, 20 hours a week. Because we have a lot of documentation, gotcha, <laughs> and right. it could, could all be updated or made more accessible. And I would like to do that, but I, you know, it is it, it's a work goal, but it is not a life priority. Um, yeah. So I, I and I, I was going to say about actually looking the thing straight in the eye or whatever is that I decided I have a an app called Yonks Y-O-N-K-S which I guess is British slang for like long time now like I haven't seen you in Yonks oh I've never heard uh, that one me neither because I was like well I mean it's a good name it's pretty unique um, easy to search for but uh, what does it mean? I don't care. What it does is it's a countdown or count up calculator. And you can, I mean, I used it, you know, for certain habits. I would let it just count how many days since I started the habit or I'm going to the coast. I kind of like to keep an eye out when I get to go to the coast next. That gives me something, you know, I know I look forward to. And so I thought, hmm, I know you can make this thing count weeks. I wonder how many weeks it's been since my birthday. <laughs> and then so I, at first I thought, hmm, really? Do you really want to know like how close you are to 4,000? <laughs> <laughs> Even though I could roughly do the math, it's not that mysterious. But yeah, and then I thought, well, that's the whole point. If you can't accept that the, um, that you there are a finite number of weeks you don't you won't know the exact number until that moment but you you might you're not really taking on the theme of the book and so i put it in it, when i punched it in at the time it was like 3250 almost exactly and i was like okay okay you know <laughs> that gives me some you know something i can work with and so uh yeah, that's been interesting. And so when I when I look at Yonks, I always look and say, "Oh, yep, that another week ticked by." And and I think I used it to good, you know, whatever, put it to good use. Um, but I don't make a big deal out of it either. Um, but on the other hand, there was an app. Did I talk about this app last week? I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> When I was discussing this on Microdot Blog with people four thousand weeks, and uh, another micro blogger named Miguel said, 
Oh, there's an app I like. It's called We Croak. Oh, yes. You did talk. We did talk about that. We did talk about it. Okay. Anyway, so We Croak. Uh, I decided I'm going to get the premium version. <laughs> well, excellent. I've, I've read that uh, next week I'll report back how hard-hitting the premium We Croak, croak um, mortality quotes are. Um, but I, I'm kind of... I can feel my interest in We Croak like sort of waning. It's been an interesting experiment, but after a few weeks of being reminded five times a day that I'm going to die, I get the message. So I thought I would up it just for, you know, see how, how, whether it increased my interest in continuing to use the app. For me, anytime I think about like the finite number of things, Mm-hmm. It it more freaks me out and makes me feel like I need to choose good things to do immediately, which mm-hmm. totally throws me off my game. It almost, to me, maps back to, like many episodes ago, we talked about the different horizon levels they talked about yeah. in GTD. How yeah. I think if you kind of figure out, like, the higher ideas of kind of just where you're trying to go, what are those things that are important to you that maybe it's better to like then then you know hopefully what you're doing day to day like it is what's important to you and where you're trying to go um mm-hmm. and then thinking about it ending at some point doesn't like throw you into a tizzy of oh gosh i should really be doing something else right now oh is this the right thing um so i think um and i think some of that i mean it's not presented in the same way but that notion of of choosing those specific things or a a limited number of things that are important to you and focusing on those because you won't be able to get everything done um is also evident in four thousand weeks so they're not identical at all, but there are a couple of common themes. Well, I mean, I think in all productivity stuff, there's a lot of common themes in different people's mm-hmm. books and systems. But mm-hmm. um, that notion of figuring out just what is important to you and what you want to do. The tizzy for me comes where every once in a while I am unsure if those top-level things are really what I want to be doing. And then I go into a little bit of a tailspin as to trying to figure out. I don't even know if it's a tailspin. It's more like a mm. per. It's kind of more like a little cycle where I try to think of other things that I should be doing. And then demands that are immediate pop up and I go back into whatever my old routine was. <laughs> <laughs> and then I lose another, you know, 50 weeks. I did go to a webinar this weekend with uh that Oliver Berkman put on from his, I highly recommend also people subscribe to his newsletter, the imperfectionist. It um, is one of those good newsletters uh, that one that I actually read. And, uh, but it, through the newsletter, I found out he was doing a seminar in early January and the, the cost of the seminar was like 37 pounds. I don't know what it, uh, what the exchange was, but it seemed like not too great an amount of money to 
get more wisdom from the person whose book, you know, I could say definitely changed my life last year. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I, he's going to do another one in March on, a, on, you know, how to make space for creative work or something like that. But it, he, he's a good webinar producer and presenter. Um, but I want to tell the one thing from that, that uh, webinar, I was like, I'm definitely going to do that. <laughs> he said, you know, he, he talked a lot. I mean, he talks in the book about multitasking. I mean, so does uh, a lot of people like stolen focus. Uh, um, same thing that we, we were encouraged to multitask for a while until uh, somebody figured out that it's actually not humanly possible. <laughs> and so it's, it, it is instead of uh, what it looks like multitasking is really switching focus rapidly, which um, switching focus is, is definitely slows you down. And so one thing he said he does, he has a mini whiteboard, um, you know, the size of like a small book or something. So I don't know, maybe eight by 10 uh, or maybe even littler. And when he is in, you know, a, a task mode that he, he has something he wants to finish, he put, he writes on the whiteboard what it is. And so he doesn't have a to-do list or anything for that. He just puts it on the whiteboard in the form of a sentence uh, that's completed, you know? So instead of, you know, um, delete 1500 drafts it would be deleted 1500 drafts like that you did it so you, i don't know if i'm going to be so subtle in my approach but i i don't have one of those whiteboards but i will soon um but i think that would be kind of cool and i mean a mini whiteboard is not expensive and might be useful uh for other things anyway but <clears throat> I did crack up in the chat that was going on in the Zoom, which I tried not to read. It was really like a, almost an example of what not to do because um, the chat window was super distracting. But it was interesting because all these people who shared these, um, you know, enthusiasm for this this book and writer, it was hard to look away. But finally, I just I put something in front of the chat window on my computer so it just wouldn't show me anything um but at that moment when he was talking about the mini whiteboard somebody said like okay we'll be spending the next two hours researching the best mini whiteboard <laughs> to order that's so true <laughs> it's like these are my people <laughs> but anyway so that's my my uh little practical takeaway I would share with the with the listeners and you is uh, something I'm going to try. But there was a ton of really interesting and um, compelling material in this webinar, even as you might expect if you have read the book, you'll, you'll be interested. So, but yeah, I don't, th I didn't want to really make this episode about explaining everything about Oliver Berkman. I just wanted to talk about this book that I really liked and uh, really 
it's not the only book that made a big impression on me last year, but it, I would say it made the biggest impression. So, Very cool. Unless you have anything else you want to add, I think we could wrap this one up. Um, sure. As this is our second to last episode, um, <laughs> I would like to say that it's been uh, so far an absolute pleasure spending uh, some time each week of 249 of our 4,000 weeks uh, talking <laughs> with you, Jean. Ah, thank you. I uh, And I feel exactly the same. And uh, I hadn't really thought about it as a percentage of our 4,000 weeks <laughs> until now, but it's not an insignificant percentage. No, it uh, isn't. And, and certainly, like, some of the most interesting years you and I have lived through, I would say, not necessarily our favorite years. Some of them were good. But anyway, it's been, uh, I'm glad we got this, you know, this captured, in a sense, this moment in our our uh, quest to live lives we're happy with. Absolutely. So, thanks, Jean. Thank you, James, too. And uh, listeners, thank you for still being here, 249, uh, the penultimate episode. And we are going to be back next week to wrap it up. I think we'll do some fun things in honor of our last episode. But yes, if you've read 4,000 Weeks and you have some opinions, please definitely email us. We'll still be reading email. Um, and if you, we'll follow up next week if we get any interesting uh, feedback. But we um, are on the internet at theweeklyreview.fm on micro.blog and Twitter. We are at The Weekly Review. And you can email us at say hello at theweeklyreview.fm. I suggest you rate or review this podcast if you're so inclined, um, because wouldn't that be nice to have a few more reviews uh, as a send-off? We'd appreciate it. It just makes us happy to know that you like listening to us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the next weekly review. Thanks. You got some things you want to get done And still enjoy a bit of Organizational fun There's a lot of things you gotta do You'll think about them all In the Weekly Review The Weekly Review Yeah, the Weekly Review Sitting down, it's all coming back to you The Weekly Review Yeah, the Weekly Review Should check it Yeah.